Who's going to start the Katie McCabe rant? Is it going to be me or you, Emma? He knew he messed up the minute the whistle went because he went straight up to Katie and I don't know what he said. I should have started you. I don't think he said that, but he should be saying Subscribe that. to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Top of it, goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup Finals! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. I'm Kathleen McNamee and this week I'm joined by just one former Ireland international as Karen Duggan has left us for sunnier climates but uh, I still reckon we'll be able to bring you some top-notch analysis with the one and only Emma Byrne. Emma, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? All good? How was your weekend? What did you get up to? Um, my weekend, I'm trying to think, what did I get up to? Oh, it was really nice. I'm in Barcelona. So, you know, doesn't take much to have a good time. Sun is out, had some nice food, some beers, some tapas. Yeah. I'm very jealous. That sounds rather lovely. <laughs> <laughs> all good. All good. What was did you get up to? You always ask me and I always forget to ask you. What, what have I'm- you gotten up to? I'm not all that interesting, that's why. Uh, what did I get up to? Well, I was down in Wexford on Friday doing a shoot with Rihanna Jarrett, which was very fun. It was my first time ever down in Wexford. Ferry Carry Park is very impressive. I didn't expect... The... Wait, wait a minute. It's your fir- It was your first time in Wexford, like full stop or... No, it was my oh. first time just like down in Ferry Carrick Park and seeing all the stuff. I'd only actually been down there once before for a friend's 21st in college. Um, so safe to say I did not see the finer side of Wexford <laughs> on that weekend. But yeah, I was just really impressed with the setup they had down there. The people were really, really lovely. Like all the staff at the ground were so helpful. The pitch was immaculate. It was beautifully kept. Um, and it was really nice when you were just walking through their clubhouse it was very even handed in terms of, you know, they had all the stuff about the women being champions, all the things the men had done. Um, yeah. And it was really, really nice. Although Karen has promised me that if I come to P Mount, I'm going to get an even better reception there. So <laughs> that's next on my bucket list to tick off. <laughs> um, but yeah, apart from that, just watched a bit of rugby, bit of football, had a very chill weekend. It was quite nice. Lovely. Excellent. Yeah. And it's great to see Rianne back there playing in Ireland, hopefully getting some minutes under her belt. What a player. By the oh way. yeah. What a player. Like they were so buzzing down there that she was back. There was just such yeah. a ripple through everyone. Every time you ask them, like, how was it feeling around the town? And it, it, for them, it's like their, their star has come home. You know, their number one player across the whole club has come back and, I think they're all, they all just seem to really, really want her to succeed. And I mean, I don't think there's few players who have actually gone through as much as she has injury wise. You know, it's been oh. crazy what she's had to do. Um, yeah, I feel like every time I see her, I'm, I'm asking her how, how the recovery is going. So hopefully no more injuries, no more knee injuries anyway. Yeah, I think everyone will be touching wood for that one um, and of course it was a rip-roaring weekend in the WSL as well with some seriously important results at both the top and the bottom of the table we'll have Emma Carroll along a little bit later to bring us through her team of the week and we will all also have full analysis of the games later in the show too but uh, and I want to start by getting a bit of your response as well to international break is starting and we have some new additions to the Ireland squad 
Yes, we do. I mean, we were expecting that, weren't we? We were expecting people to come out of the woodwork. And I've seen a couple of comments on Twitter like, where were they when, you know, we were struggling to get through? They didn't want to play for us. But um, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I don't, I know Aoife Mannion. I know her very well. And um, she has a very strong Irish background. Very, very strong because we've had players in the past whose grannies were from somewhere in Ireland. Not sure where they're from. Uh, what was their name? Oh, I, I don't know because it was on my mom's side. This kind of thing like that just doesn't wash. I'm sorry. You have to have the blood. You have to have the passion. And I definitely think Aoife has that. Um, I just remember watching her at Birmingham many, many years ago. It must be about 15, 20 years ago now. And I remember her little sister just... Irish dancing up and down the, in the <laughs> stadium and making me watch her. So, yeah, I can see there's a strong Irish connection there. And she's a very good player. I think she's going to fit in really well. And I think she's a really good addition. And I think that there are going to be some more by the time they get on that plane to Sydney, to be honest. Well, that's one thing that I was going to ask you. So if you're someone who's never watched Eva Mannion play, maybe for she played with the England setup at underage, you know, what What can someone, what can a fan, an Irish fan expect from her coming into the Irish squad? Yeah, so she's um, she's a centre-back, uh, very, very strong, very aggressive centre-back. Uh, she's decent on the ball. Uh, she suffered a cruciate knee injury and she's been out for a little while now and she's just coming back. But before she suffered the injury, she was excellent. She was one of the up-and-coming players in England, probably would have been drafted into the England squad. So, so yeah, I think she's going to be a really good addition. Um, I'd say she's a typical Irish player, to be honest, very strong, aggressive, passionate. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I think she'll fit in well. I don't know where, but you know, we have very good defenders already. Um, but yeah, I think she's going to be very good. And and I asked her mom years ago about would she not come and play for Ireland? Like she's playing the Irish, and her parents were like saying they really wanted her to play for, and they're trying to convince her. But uh, <laughs> I don't know, money money talk maybe back then. I'm not sure, but anyway, we have her now. We've pinched her. I remember for when I started watching her play and looking at her name and being like, she must have played with us at some stage somewhere along the way. Like just the name Aoife Mannion and the red hair and everything. I was like, there's a connection there somewhere and I want to know why we don't have her. But then after she went through the ACL injury, she kind of dropped off my radar for a while, I won't lie. Um, she's, been out, she's been out longer than, you know, the normal recovery from ACLs. Just making t- taking her time coming back. Basically, she suffered another injury as she was coming back as well. So, yeah, difficult for her. But she seems, you know, on, on top form at the moment. Um, looking forward to seeing how they get on now in this training camp. But well, I'm sure the girls will welcome them with open arms. Very friendly, of course. Of course. So friendly. <laughs> and then we also have Marisha Shiva was the other one. Uh, she's coming in from Washington Spirit. I'd say like not a lot of people here would probably recognize the name. I kind of do because I watched quite a lot of NWSL when I was working with ESPN and I knew she had an Irish connection, but I didn't actually realize that she has been trying to qualify for us for so long. Um, So that'll be interesting. She's played with some great players over there as well. Like, you know, Trini Rodman's on that squad. There's a lot of very talented younger players. She's only 25 too. So a bit of room there to grow if we need her. 
Yeah, yeah, and she seems valued, really valued there. Um, wanting to re-sign her, and you know, again, I think she's going to be a good addition. Loads of energy. You know, she brings that American esque type player, just you know, box to box energy, tenacious. Yeah. Well, we've seen it with our very own uh, Denise Sullivan becoming captain of North Carolina Courage, and it was it was really nice just even seeing all the players on the squad congratulate her and the same sort of love that she gets whenever she comes home for the Irish squad she seems to very much have over there as well yeah she's such a nice girl I mean it it would be hard not to like her and she's such a hard worker I mean she lives breathes football you know she's just completely obsessed with it every minute of the day if she's not drinking coffee she's playing football and um She's been there, you know, what did she say, six years or something like that? Mm. So she deserves it. I mean, she's quiet. She's very quiet um, on and off the pitch. She's quiet. And you've got those different types of captains who are very aggressive and vocal on the pitch. And then the quiet ones who let their football talk. And she's definitely been doing that. An absolutely quality player. So she deserves it. Mm. And just one final one before we move on to our team of the week, but I just want to get your thoughts on the protests that the Canadian players attempted to do ahead of the She Believes Cup um, and then were subsequently told by the FA that if they did actually protest and not play, that they would be uh, personally liable and probably sued by the Federation. And I was just... You know, you're reading Christine Sinclair's statements on it, her interview on Sports Center, and you're like, this is one of the best like known players in the entire world. You have like Olympic gold medalists, they've done so much, and it's some it struck me so similar to the situation you found you yourself in, except the difference here in this is that, you know, they actually the FA have just been like, Well, no, you have to play. <laughs> we're we're not giving you a choice in this. Yeah, I mean it's difficult, isn't it? They, it's interesting. They went there, didn't they? They went to Florida. They're in Florida now. And then they're set, now they're saying they'll strike. Would it have been different if they refused to travel? I'm wondering yeah. if, if that would have been different because they're actually within the camp. They're in the camp right now. Um, but I mean, there's this, this has been ongoing. I was looking back at some of the stuff The Canadian Federation are a little bit dodgy I think like this is going back years both men and the women's team have called for transparency in terms of the financial situation and and new signings with you know certain sponsorships millions of dollars of of sponsorships and they're just asking where is the money basically and you know they're asking for equality they're asking for this whatever they're asking for the federation has to be more transparent with how much money they have, where it's going. And if there's one thing that comes out of it, it will be that to find out exactly the, the, the money, you know, where the money's going and what the Canadian federation are doing with it. And um, I think that's really important. But as I said, this has been going on a while, you know, back in 2015 from the women's world cup, you know, there was no, report whether it was good or bad about the, the the World Cup and if they were in surplus money or in deficit like what was happening and they've never FIFA have never really received any information from that and they were pressing them so there's definitely something going on there that um, FIFA need to get to the bottom of for sure. No definitely it'll be interesting they played the US in their first She Believes game on 
I think it's Wednesday or Friday night our time. And obviously we've seen before the US whenever they were protesting their FA, they wore their jerseys inside out. So it'd be interesting to see will there be any solidarity, I suppose, between the two teams and also if Canada do decide to take it any further and actually put their protest out onto the pitch. Um, but yeah, it's again, it's just it's one of those ones that you're like, why is that every week there is some sort of federation or some story that is not just it's a yeah, World I Cup mean, year. It's we exactly. should be talking about how amazing this team is and how I don't know we're scared to go up against them in the July. Like that's what we should be talking about, not oh look, their FA is a shambles. No, exactly. The fact it's a World Cup year, I just don't understand why now they're deciding to do this. But having said that. They did it with the men's team as well. So there is equality in that front. Like they don't really care about the timing of this. Um, but you know, if it, it was like us when the FA, when we were getting told by the FAI that they had no money, they had no money. What can you do? Like I, we were like, well, if they don't have the money, then, you know, we can't expect anything. But then when you hear about, you know, certain monies going into accounts and not being, delegated properly that's when you know your ears start to prick up and I think that's what happened with with the Canadian players I think they they know more than what the federation are allowing them to know well we shall follow along with interest not least because we have to face them in the summer and the Koi Gig podcast and O2B Sports is brought to you by Cabri FC official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team coming up next we have Emma Carroll and her team of the week Now we are joined by Emma Carroll for her weekly team of the week. Emma, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? How are you both? Doing all right. I'm very good. Very good. Looking it's a Monday. Forward. I mean, who isn't yeah. happy? Monday. Looking forward to hearing this team. Yeah. Why don't we get cracking into Emma? <laughs> who do you have on your team of the week? I went for Leicester's Leipzig in goal. Neville, Greenwood, Plumter, and Bagier at the back. Dali, Hasegawa and Nobbs midfield and then Galton, England and Kelly up front. Yes. <laughs> this, this Leipzig, she's been a bit of a revelation, hasn't she? She's been absolutely excellent. What a sign-in. What a sign-in she's been. They could, so, she yeah. could save Leicester. Like, between the performance against City and Liverpool kept pelting the goal as well yesterday and yeah, won yeah. the game for them. Probably the biggest signing in the transfer window has to be a goalkeeper, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, Neville, I thought Neville was excellent as well, even though she's not playing in her preferred position and she's been chucked from the left to the right. Um, I thought she was brilliant. And I think she kept um, Bagier quiet, which is a hard thing to do. Greenwood, yeah, absolutely. Plum, plum tree, yeah, good choice. Ona's always on there. We just keep Ona on there and just don't bother moving her. She's always in there. It was just such a good battle between the two of them. It was just brilliant. It was great to watch. Yeah. And actually, I was saying during the game that it hasn't been one of Ona's best games. And then she just like pops up with that cross into Galton. Yeah, she's quality. Uh, Midfield. Yeah. Um. Dali, Dali started coming in. I noticed with Dali, if she drops off too much, she's not as effective. And that's what I was wondering, bringing Nobbs into the team at Villa, if that will restrict Dali's kind of movement getting forward. But I think when Nobbs started, Jordan started to go a little bit right, she did really well. 
Daly's just quality. She's such a good player. The only one I would think about changing would be Galton. I might have put uh, Hanson. Hanson, yeah. I thought she was brilliant and she's been kind of knocking on the door a little bit to get into the team. I haven't seen much of her. England's quality. How is she not in the... the is she in the England squad? She's not I don't think squad. so, no. No. I don't no, understand. Her and Nobs didn't make it in. I think Nobs has been called in for yeah. Kirby. Oh, yeah, that sorry. Injury. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The last so couple of days. The initial squad, she wasn't in. I mean, England has been in the squad when she's been sitting on the belt bench for Chelsea and then she moves to Tottenham and is quality. She's scoring like every game and then she doesn't get in. I think that's really difficult. And Chloe Kelly, she definitely deserves it this week. And it's the first time we've seen Chloe play with a little bit of freedom. It's the first time we've seen her drifting into that uh, central role when the ball's on the left-hand side. So that's good. I'm glad to see her in there. And of course, Jordan, I'm really glad to see her in there. She's, I think she's settling in a little bit after this weekend. She'll be full of confidence. Yeah, nice hat trick as well. The tor- was it a third one? It was a lovely finish. That's a typical Jordan goal, isn't it? Strike mm. from outside the area. It's just, it's just so difficult to say because it moves. It moves so much in the air and you think you've got it covered and then it just like, it something just takes it away from you. Very typical of her. I was on the end of them in training all the time. Um, I have another honor, honourable mention, actually. Hannah Kane as well for Leicester. I thought it was really good yesterday as well. Good performance, good goal as well. Um, yeah, Probably yeah. poor defending really from Liverpool's point, but um, I think Leicester definitely deserve a bit of a shout out this weekend for what Ruby. a massive three points. Yeah, Ruby Mace was quality in the midfield. I think um, I think they've improved so much. Like it's a shame because they're in that battle, aren't they? Um, whether they're going to get relegated or not. But if they'd have been playing like this before Christmas, and they've had two wins, and those two wins came after Christmas. If they had those players in before that, they might not be in the position they are now. But yeah, much improved side. So yeah. yeah. All they need is a win over Reading. I mean, they're a point behind them and they have a game in hand. And things could could get feisty and interesting, but it is actually nice to see like their players. It's a bit like I mean, Birmingham had a bit of a resurgence towards the end of last season as well, and it's almost like the panic sets in with players, and you start seeing them turn up more and more in the team of the week. Or there's like individual performances that are incredible, and you're like, oh, buddy, this happened a bit sooner on in the season. But it's it's such a because there's so few teams in the league as well. I mean, we see it with Arsenal this week so quickly things can change and your position on the table can change with a few bad results or a few good results. Yeah, it's so tight because if Reading don't start doing something soon and Leicester keep performing this way, then it could be in real trouble. Mm. Yeah, it's I nice mean, seeing Ashley Neville back in your team as well. It's been a while. We were very complimentary of her for a while at the start of the season and then she kind of dropped off our radars and we were complaining about that as well considering the position she was being played in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's quality. I think she should have been called up as well to England. She deserves it. She's She's been brilliant all season, hasn't she? And the fact that, yeah, she is being asked to play in different positions, still doing an okay job, but you can see what she's like when she's playing fullback. She's one of the best in the league, for sure. So good. Um, you didn't have a like a special bench or anything for players who uh, got a little bit feisty over the weekend. You know, the, <laughs> the Ella Tunes. There wasn't like a Katie Taylor award for anyone. <laughs> Katie Taylor or Katie McCabe award. Have... 
we should totally have that. We should have an award. The the the, the feisty, the feisty award. Um, that was brilliant. It would just be Sissoko every week for you, Eva. <laughs> I love her. I love Sissoko. She's my favorite. I just love watching her. And the fact that they have her, you know, for that counter attack when they concede a corner is brilliant as well. She's the first out. Um, but the Ella Toon thing, I mean, what did you make of that? Was Did you think she deserved the red card? Uh, I think she lost her head in the moment and it probably was a red card, but. I don't know. It was, I think it, if there was, was where she hit, like she definitely egged it on. Like she was holding her face and I don't think Toon actually hit her face. I think it was like her shoulder and she kind of pushed her back into the ground. I think if, the, if there was VAR, it might be a yellow and a good talking to because she didn't hit her face. He, no, she didn't. I mean, the real state, you can't put your hands on a player full yeah. stop. But I think you have to look at the whole, like it's not as if she just walked up to her and started pushing her. No, she was fouled. She was taken down. She was kind of like kept on the ground. So your natural reaction would be to push somebody to get you off them, right? And it wasn't in the face. I think that was the bit silly, the way Suman went down holding her face as well. She must be a little bit embarrassed about that. Um, but for me, a, a yellow. But I understand. I understand the red. It's a nice yeah. bit of voice in this though as well. <laughs> We love to see it. But and her, her apology was so funny as well. It wasn't it was an like apology. like the most non-apology in the I'm world. proud of myself. <laughs> I take pride in my, my feistiness. Yeah. I great. actually fully like wrote it down because I was like, it was such a non-apology. She was like, pride myself on the passion and love I have when playing for this club. Hold my hands up for my reaction and I'll learn from it. Like, yeah. <laughs> basically saying, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emma, thank you so much. We will chat to you again very soon. Bye. Well, as I said at the start of the podcast, it has been quite an epic week of movers and shakers when it comes to both the top and the bottom of the league. And uh, it's hard to know where to start with this, but I'm going to start with Man City 2, Arsenal 1, because Arsenal have gone from title contenders to suddenly going, ooh, are they going to make the Champions League? There is also the fact that they did have their Champions League draw next week, so they also know what the situation is there. But uh, what did you make of this, Emma? And was the first thing you thought when you saw the team sheet? Where is Katie McCabe? <laughs> you know what I thought straight away. Where is Katie McCabe? I say it all the time. Um, and even when you look at like how they played in the Conte Cup, like she was good against them. I just don't understand why that didn't help them in making Adeval and making his decision for the weekend I mean I just I I don't really understand it because when Katie's not playing they don't win and they don't win like the big games is when you want Katie to play and whatever about you're worried about her getting booked getting sent off whatever that is or you were worried about her in this case uh, because she was ill prior to the game she'd played a hundred and something minutes midweek in the cup game. It doesn't matter. If you, if you ask Katie, how are you feeling? I'm feeling fine. Are you ready to play? I'm ready to play. She plays and that's it. Like there, there's no question about it. And um, it's interesting because I said, I mentioned it on Twitter, just a little mention that I think Katie should be play, playing. And a lot of people, a lot of uh, Arsenal fans as well saying she played this amount of games. She's, they're resting her. What are you talking about? This, these games are incredibly important, not only for the league title, 
But for Champions League, I mean, there's no room for error. You cannot drop points when you're up there in the top four. And the fact is that you needed a KE out there to, to whatever, to get your yellow card, to put your foot in. And the problem is now, Katie's playing like an angry player. She's angry. She's not starting. She's frustrated. And it's show, I think it's really shown on the pitch when she's coming on. Whereas, you know, like any other player, she needs confidence. She needs to know that she's your number one winger, not fullback, but winger, and that you trust her to play. And I'm not sure she's feeling that at the moment. But in general, such a difference from Arsenal. Before Christmas, I was talking about Arsenal challenge, challenging for Champions League, like the fight going and winning it. I could honestly see them going and winning the Champions League. The league itself wasn't even a question. They were winning the league for me. Mm. And You've always been very strong on that. And I was a bit like, I don't know. I just don't trust Arsenal to have this sort of slump that they're having at the moment, especially at the yeah, way but- they've been playing. I don't understand the slump. They've got players who are extremely experienced. Um, and, and Jonas Eideville did... They're benching them. <laughs> yes. He took responsibility in his interview. So, like, I have to commend him for that. He did say it, it was all him, it was all him. He didn't say anything about team selection, more tactically or whatever, whether he was just taking the onus off the players, I don't know. But at the at the point is... I watched them. I've been watching them. I've been watching um, Barca play. I've been watching Leon Wolfsburg and Arsenal were the team. I was like, they're going to, they're going to win the Champions League. This is their year to do it. If they keep Kim Little fit, if they keep Raffaele fit and Kate McKay fit. Um, but they've just, it's just left them. It's not the case anymore. I don't think they're going to win the, the league. I don't think. I think they'll stay in Champions League, but they're going to have to like pull up their socks. And I cannot see them. You know, Bayern's going to be a tough, tough challenge for them. It will because Bayern are coming into form now. If they'd have met Bayern two or three months ago, I think they would have beaten them. But Bayern have now gelled all the, the new signings. They all seem to be working well together. So it's really difficult for them. And they better get their team selection right for Champions League because whatever about the league you can get away with, you can nick points here and there. Champions League, you can't. It's impossible. You have to be playing at the best and you have to have your best team. And then Man City, we have to obviously commend them because they did get the win. Yeah. <laughs> First goal after just like four minutes as well. It was ridiculous. And when when I saw that come go in, I was like, I just had this sinking feeling in my stomach. I was like, I don't think this is going to be Arsenal's day. Like I I already knew when I saw the team line up. I was like, why are they changing <laughs> it so much? But you know what? If I could bet, if I was allowed bet, <laughs> I would have put money on City to be honest because they're at home. I thought they were excellent during the week against Arsenal. Just things didn't go right from they didn't take their chances. But I did think they were very good. Um, with the team selection, I wasn't sure because Dave Castellanos um, wasn't in. Coom- Laura Coombs was back in. You know, just little things. And City are liable to 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 fold basically, but they didn't. And again, we're talking about a team that have changed from Christmas to now. They're a completely different team. They're so confident. They're strong. But again, they're just, they're they're players. They have players that can win a team, win a game. And if those players aren't on form, they really struggle. So the consistency isn't there. But I I did think they were excellent. I thought they were really good. 
Well, it's interesting when you think about the fact this game was supposed to be played on the first day of the season and was postponed because of the Queen's death. And at the time, a lot of people were saying, oh, City probably feel a little bit fortunate that this game isn't being played right now because Arsenal had kind of come out of the blocks a lot quicker than they had in pre-season and everyone expected them to do a lot better at the first part of the season. And now it's such a massive, like it was already going to be a big game in the context of the title race and the Champions League race, but now it's just taken on a whole different level of importance. Oh yeah, it's it's incredible up there, isn't it? At the top of that table, it's, I mean, I don't think, I can't remember a, a league being this tight ever. This is like incredible. This is the most competitive league ever. So I think it's wonderful. You know, so much pressure on those those teams like United. You can see the pressure nearly seeping in um, against a good Tottenham side. But yeah, I mean, these are the games that you expect Arsenal to win. You expect them to push on and something's happened. The balance has shifted a little bit in that team, in Arsenal's team. And Jonas Eidevel has a job on his hands and, you know, this international break, maybe, maybe it's a good thing for them. They need that break and to come back and regroup and start again. Whereas Unite or City struggle, they struggle when they break and they struggle to get back, you know, together and play as a team. So it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they come back. Yeah, I feel like Jonas Adebel has just kind of lost control a little bit of what he sees his team being and how he wants them to play and what he wants them to look like because they're just, you know, the certainty has gone out of it. And I don't think that's just missing Beth Mead and Miedema and those no. sort of players no, no, no. either. Um, I think there is something, I don't know, was it stage fright from him or what he's seeing in training and he's just seeing something that the rest of us aren't. But he seemed to have a pretty good formula and somewhere along the way he's messing it around a little bit but we shall see after the international break hopefully yeah hopefully something changes even just to keep the title race interesting and the top of the table interesting because as you say it's good fun when it's this tight and you mentioned it briefly there but Tottenham won Man United to a feisty affair as we have already touched on in uh, our team of the week but this was I mean I really felt for Molly Bartrip when that goal went in. She was just devastated. And maybe it sounds bad, but in a way I was like, it's good to see a Tottenham player this devastated or like that little bit of just like grit and upset and knowing that they're kind of in it a bit more than they have been before. And maybe that's me reading it wrong, but yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was nice to see that side of things and obviously did feel bad for her, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they played really well, didn't they? They've they've improved so much as well. Um Bethany England is a huge, huge signing for them, and you can see that, and they're only going to get better as well. Um I think they'll be disappointed with the two goals they conceded because you know they could have avoided it. The first goal, Galton's goal, just looking at Zadorsky when she's picking her up, she turns her back out. I would have been taking her head off. She absolutely turned her back on her. You need to face up. For a mature like, player as well, I was just really surprised to see her do something like that. I mean, it's just unacceptable. It's not, it's unacceptable for me. So when such a big game's coming up and they, they've done so, so well defending. Um, and then for Bartrip's own goal, 
I mean, Lucia Garcia came on one of the first times we've seen a ball being played in behind the Tottenham defence. It's really difficult to defend against when you're running back towards your own goal. But I'd be looking at Amy Turner, to be honest, because Amy Turner was coming in behind Bartrup. I thought Amy Turner had a pretty poor game anyway. She was, mm. that would be a, a player I would target if I was playing against Spurs. And she came in behind her. She didn't say anything. Bartrup's body shape wasn't great. She didn't see who she who was coming behind her. All Amy Turner has to do is give her a little shout and she can clear it. It's an easy clearance for her. Um, but you have to give United like credit for for the pressure they were putting on them. And then that ball from Garcia. Um, great substitute from Mark as well. Uh, but in, in general, United were the better team. They were the better team and they probably disappointed they didn't score more goals. Um, but again, I just, I thought Tottenham were, were decent. And, you know, Iwabuchi again for me, quality player, love watching her play. Maybe she could have been in there as team of the week, but uh, yeah, much better team. Spurs just once again having that frustrating thing where you see sparks in them and you're like, oh, they could be a really good team, but they just never seem to. I suppose maybe how we looked at United for a while, but also I felt like there was more of a project at United and you could kind of see where it was going or at least hoped it was going, whereas I feel like Spurs have been, had that chance a lot more and haven't really necessarily delivered on it, but maybe they will in the coming season, who's to know. Uh, Liverpool, nil, Leicester won. Terrible result for Liverpool. Brilliant result for Leicester because it keeps them very much up there in the sense of, you know, keeping touch with the other teams that are trying to avoid relegation, Reading in particular. And I mentioned it a bit earlier, but there just seems to be a complete resurgence from this team the last while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the the signings in January have really helped Leicester. I think we spoke about the goalkeeper, Letzig, on loan from Bayern Munich. She's been an absolutely brilliant signing. And it just shows, like, if you have a strong goalkeeper, even though we are so not appreciated as much as we should be, but when you have a goalkeeper in there that's confident and strong, it changes it changes your 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 back line and your midfield and you can see the confidence already in in the Leicester back line like Plumtree playing really well confident with that goalkeeper behind her I also think that Ruby Mace in the midfield there um from City she's very just, very good player who's yeah 19 years quite underrated yeah, hold yeah. a midfielder. She, she can play hold a midfielder. She can play centre back. She can play right back. Um, I just thought she was brilliant because she was just keeping the ball and she was given that option for Leicester to play out and to keep the ball, which we haven't seen with them. They they have not been able to keep possession in games. It was just the turnover was just too much for them. So I think she's a massive, massive player for them. And it was just poor from Liverpool. I thought they they didn't look like a team that were fighting for much. I thought. Holland, who I like, had a poor game. Um, she missed some chances she really should have put away. Yeah, and just in general, just the build-up play from Liverpool, it broke down a lot with her and, you know, poor decision-making in the final third and things like that from Liverpool. Um, yeah, it was difficult for them. I also, th- their full-backs need to get on much higher. Like, they were missing that width as well. And um, they just didn't have a plan B. And I thought Leicester deserved to win, to be honest. Mm, I think they only had something like five shots. Five shots shots on target is just not not good enough. No. No. And it's something that has been talked about for Liverpool quite a lot this season. Obviously, 
they lost uh, Leon Kiernan, which was one of their main sources of goals. But it's kind of been long enough at this stage that you think something would have been done to try and solve the problem. And I know they've brought people in, but it still feels like they're waiting for that person to come in and dominate for them in that position. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, they do have a few injuries. Neve, he's out, obviously. Vander Sanden, for me, is is a massive player for them um, and, and really contributes to how they play because, you know, Stengel, who's their out-and-out striker, is like a false number nine. She likes to drop into midfield a lot and she's very good at holding up the ball. So I, I would allow her to do that. But then if she does that, you need players running off the back of her, running into that space, and they don't really have that. Like Holland does it sometimes, but not consistent enough. Um, Missy Bo Cairns doesn't get high enough when she drops in. So just like little things like that, the options that they have going forward wouldn't be that strong. Mm. I mean, you look at the, some of the stats for when Leicester went into this game and just when you think about how Liverpool really should have done better, they had taken the fewest shots, scored the fewest goals, had the worst shot conversion rate and the lowest expected goal tally in the league up until this point, which is quite a concoction of stats to put together. But you, wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it if you watched the game because mm. they were really confident going forward. They were good going forward. They were getting in the box. Um, it was just poor defending from Liverpool, which is something we've been talking about a little bit lately, which at the start of the season, we were saying how good they were defensively. And now we're kind of saying, you know, they make a, a good few defensive mistakes. So that's something they have to get back to, back to basics with the defending. And then finally, we had Aston Villa 6, Brighton 2, uh, which just continues the woes for Brighton this season. But a Jordan Nobbs hat-trick, which was excellent to see. I mean, she's just gone from strength to strength since she's gone to Aston Villa. I know you said about her needing a little bit of betting in time, and I think that is still happening. But you can definitely see the progress week to week in her. And she just looks like she's enjoying her football again, which is really nice to see. Yeah, no, no, it's it's great to see Jordan back there, you know, and as I said, Jordan is a confidence player, which some people might not think because she's so experienced, but it's not the case. She does need confidence. Uh, she needed minutes under her belt. She needed game time. Uh, she is a quality player. She's still not there yet. Like her performances are getting better. Um, and they'll still continue to improve. And the fact that she's been drafted into the England squad no matter how she got drafted in, um, it's going to be brilliant for her because I imagine when that when she was told she wasn't being called up, would have been absolutely devastating for her. And that you might not have seen that performance at the weekend. Um, but the fact is she has been brought up, that's a confidence boost for her. And I think it shows on the pitch. Um, my only question about the the Villa team is how Dali and Jordan Nobbs would play together because Dali is one of the best midfielders in the league and I thought maybe Jordan might cut off that space for her to run into Um, and she did a little bit in the game I thought Dali's not getting forward as much as she used to but when Jordan starts to drift out of that central area like into that right-sided area I think it's perfect. And Dali comes from a, a deeper position into those spaces. So I think it's going to work out really nice. And of course, Staniforth scored the first goal, another signing, a good header from her. Mm. And yeah, it's just... I think everyone said when those three were signed that it had the potential to be a really exciting midfield. It would probably just take a bit of time to actually work out how they can all play together and I suppose have their best assets on show. 
No, and you know what? It's difficult for a manager to maintain what you were doing right and add in players and to to keep that um those those things you're doing right. And the the first couple of games you could see they weren't sure what they were doing. Daly wasn't getting the service she was getting before and how she became top scorer in the league. Um, and they're starting to, to find that rhythm again. Like they played some really nice balls into Daly, who makes excellent runs, which they hadn't been doing enough of the last couple of games, but they started to do it again the weekend. Um, and, and that's nice to see because they did have a nice formula before the new signings. Um, and now they're just introducing the players and, you know, they're starting, you're starting to see how it's all kind of coming together and they're getting that back, that winning formula that winning way all adding to the competition and the fun of the league which we love to see emma thank you so much for today and i hope you have a very enjoyable week in the sunshine uh there's no wsl next week but it will be an international break so i'm sure to have all the analysis from ireland's game against china for you at some stage next week. I am actually going over to it, which will be very fun. I might get a little bit of sunshine myself, which is something what? I have not seen in a, a long, long wait, time. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who who are you representing over there? Is it the podcast? Breaking off the ball. It's just all all one. I see. I see. And we just <laughs> weren't we weren't copied into that email. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you already have the nice sunshine, so uh I'm just trying to steal a little bit of my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you enjoy it and you keep us posted how, how things are going over there. Well, I'm looking forward to it. The last time I saw them play was in Tala, so a very, very different setting, but it'll be interesting to see, especially if some of the new girls get on the pitch. I'll be interested to see how they, how they line up and how Vera uses them. But yes, we will see you guys all next week. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.